0: Hey guys, I'm Caitlin Adams, and welcome to the Kirk
1: Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you'll hear sermons from Josh Lyle, Colin Grant, and other guest speakers. You can look in the show notes for small group questions and talking points. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com, or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Now, let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome to Communal Conversations. Uh, I am here with my friend, Dustin Miller, who is uh, over at Guts Youth Church here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, f- husband to one wife, father of three boys, um, and just a really good all-around uh, friend, guy, pastor, uh, athlete. Um, so he's going to tell us a little bit about himself and then we'll jump right in. So Dustin, uh, anything I missed, let us know.
0: Man, thank you, guys. Two boys and a girl now. Two boys and a girl. Noah is confusing because it is N O A, but true. That'll that will throw you off. Uh, But man, Josh, I'm honored to be here, dude. We've been doing ministry together in the same town now for a few years, and it's been awesome. Uh, I moved down to Oklahoma to go to Bible school. I'm from originally from a church just or a a town just west of St. Louis in Missouri, Mm. Um, and so I moved down here, went to Bible school, did an internship at Guts Church. Crazy enough, and then went back and came on staff at my home church in Missouri. So that was awesome to be hired by my childhood pastor and got to work with him for five years and got to oversee the creative ministry there with a creative director. So I oversaw video and graphics and that was kind of my world then. Uh, Dipped my feet in youth ministry there at our second campus just for a year. And then my wife and I felt called to Tulsa. So we came here um our pastor's a good friend so it's actually a really cool story our pastor there kind of sent us to guts in so many words and uh so we came down here i became the media director at guts and then after about a year and a half took over the high school ministry and we've been doing that for almost four years which is crazy in october it'd be four years so um yeah it's awesome i get to be involved with our internship program i get to be involved with our young adults in college and career kind of program uh, it's called sub 30 and so ministry is just a blast man. It's my heart. I'm going to do it forever. And, um, I love it. I love talking about Jesus and, uh, I love just building community and, and serving people. And so it's, it's been an honor to be able to do that in Tulsa.
1: Very cool. Yeah. We've, we've been in Tulsa for two years. You're one of the first people that I met when I was here and we've been able to uh, do some stuff together. It's been really cool. What is, so for those, for those of people who don't know, we actually have a lot of listeners in the Northeast like the American okay. Northeast, which is weird because um, I lived in the mid-Atlantic, but I've never lived in the Northeast. So uh, for those people who aren't from Tulsa, who don't know, give us a little bit of the backstory, maybe like the two minute snapshot of Guts Church, what it is, why is a church called Guts or whatever. Every time I tell somebody, I know people who work there, they're like, what's it stand for? I'm like, no, <laughs> just, it's just Guts.
0: It stands for nothing. Yeah. No. It's funny. People are like, okay, what's the G and the U and the T? Yeah. S?" You know what? Gut started in the back of a pickup truck. And uh, our pastor, Pastor Bill Shear, if you've ever heard him, listened to him, been around him, he is a coach. He is a competitor. He is a, an intense guy and literally uh, was saved from a crazy life. Um, in his 20s, there was a hit call on his life. I mean, he, he was doing and dealing drugs, like just an absolute crazy story. And God just brought him out of that and said, are you going to have the guts to serve me? He knew about God. And, um, that was just kind of his, you know, Saul to Paul transition. And he was like, yeah, I am going to serve you. And so he bounced around in ministry for a little bit. And then finally just got sent out, uh, from grace church, actually here in town, Pastor Bobby and sent him out and said, man, you've got to go do your own thing. And so yeah. he's like, if I'm doing it, I'm calling it guts. And so he called it guts church and we've been here ever since church was established in 1992 um and it's pretty raw pretty real definitely a church for unbelievers yeah uh, that is kind of our mantra and so we have amazing programs to disciple men and women of god to go out and continue to reach the unreached and and pastor bill always said he said when i got saved i couldn't find a church that looked like me and i couldn't find a church where i felt like i fit and so we mm. are a church for the unchurched and so that's kind of what it's always been here. And man, I love it. It's been a blast. It's, it's different than any church culture I've ever been a part of. And, uh, it's very cool to, to be able to do ministry here.
1: Yeah. The, the whole church for unbelievers, I think is the most fascinating thing about guts because, uh, not only like, is that the reputation? Like I know it firsthand, like I come in, everybody loves everybody, whether it's your first time or not, you feel like it's your 50th time. And like, it's, everybody is is there yes for jesus but also for the people who are there at the moment and also those who aren't there yet and yeah. i think like you know the reputation around town is like they are like this kind of crazy uh may, maybe not crazy but like foreign culture as far as not crazy, yeah, culture. it's very foreign to like even especially like what the mega church model is because you see so many of the mega churches in town i think there's you know maybe five or six that run over two or three thousand and you guys are one of them And it's different than all of those. Um, Not that it isn't attractional, but like all the other churches, like they're trying to hit all the marks that what they think a mega church should be. And it almost seems like Gut's church is like we're going to be what we think the church in general should be. And if people show up, they show up. And if they don't, like we're going to be faithful. And like then people still show up. Mm -hmm. And so like you know, you go in and you'll be sitting next to. I don't know, an unwed mom or a pregnant teenager or a guy who just came off the streets in a jean jacket or like whatever. And we're all there for the same purpose. And I, I, that's super encouraging. So I think church for unbelievers is probably the best way to describe that. But I also think that's foreign in the church world. So what is So Here's my first question then. What do you think, uh, why, why do you think that works? Why do you think that model, because it's also that way in your in your, in the youth ministry, like we're, like, yeah. like we're not only here for the people who are here, we're here for the people who aren't here yet. Like we're people yep. for the, yeah, I don't know. So why, why do you <clears throat> think that works? Like what makes it work?
0: Yeah. That culture runs deep. And like you said, in every part of our church, it's not just our Sunday services. It's not just uh, our high school ministry. That's, I mean, every, every part of our church has those fingerprints on it like that that culture of men. we're here for the the lost and we're here for the unreached and we're here for pastor bill always says like we're building a church for people who hate church mm. <laughs> and you know it's mm. like the the american the western church tends to be um very similar no matter where you go and and part of me loves that about church culture is that, man, you know what you're going to get when you get there. Right. And like, I know that any of the mega churches in Tulsa, I'm going to go and I'm going to get fed. They're going to teach a sound doctrine. Like I'm going right. to have an amazing time. They're going to host me well. They're going to love me. Um, and so, I, I mean, there's there's no discrepancies in, in, in the ministry going on in Tulsa. But what I do love about Guts and the reason that I think that it works is because especially being in Tulsa, and here's why it works so well in Tulsa, there are so many people that have just simply had a bad experience. Mm. We're in the belt buckle of the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to meet anyone in Tulsa that's never heard the name of Jesus. If right. if they if if they haven't, they're not from Tulsa. Yeah, if they if spend any time I mean, it's in, one of in Tulsa. Well, church yeah. cities in the nation, it's got to be right. Yeah. And so, for for a church to say, "Hey, we're here for the people that," and and. By no means is this a church where we're encouraging people to come from other churches. And th- that's not the case at all. We, we work well with others. We love the churches in town. Our pastor has a great relationship with those churches. I mean, right. Unite My City is an amazing program in our city that unites churches together. The guy that leads that, Jason Law, goes to our church. I mean, we are all about other churches in Tulsa. But we know that people have had a bad experience with Christianity in general, mm. with so many Christians being in Tulsa and this kind of being a Christian city, if you will, yeah. um, or, or a well-churched city. Um, people don't always represent the church well. People don't always represent Christ well. And so yeah. people that that have had that bad taste in the mouth, we want to kind of – like we present the gospel and the church to them and say, Hey, this is a church where you can come. You can be yourself. You can come as you are, and we are going to accept you and love you. We're not going to, we may not condone your lifestyle, but we're not going to condemn you for it. And we're going to bring you in and you're, you're going to be welcome here. You're going to have a seat at the table and we're going to honor you, you know, while you're here.
1: Hmm. Well, I, th- I think, so again, for people who don't know the context of Tulsa, while yes, we are super church city I think that, and, and and you can speak into this, the issue that that a lot of like the, maybe the more traditional churches like who see, like like we agree with, like the Bible says what it says, there's no miss like we're, we're gonna, if this is what it says, what we're gonna do. I think the biggest issue with being so churched uh, in our city with, we I don't know if you know this, we just reached over a million people in the greater Tulsa Metro for the first time ever. Yep. We have one church, big C, but within that one church, there are so many differing opinions and like if you're if if guts church if you don't agree with what they say about marriage you can go to a church and you'll find a church in tulsa that agrees with what you think about marriage yeah or so so we also we being the the more maybe i don't know strict to the bible church um we are contending with not 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 competing or continuing to serve like we struggle with the balance of like There's so many churches that lean to the opposite way, and and we're still representing the same name in a different way. And so maybe those past experiences that that you know whether they're coming to Guts or whether they're coming here to Kirk or whatever, like a lot of them, a lot of people who come, uh, it's not that yeah, like you said, like they're not new to church. Maybe their church has started to believe some things or say some things that they don't find true, or they've had those bad experiences because they feel like their church has let them down or whatever. So I think that's been the biggest that i've noticed as far as like we're not encouraging you to come from your church but like we understand your church might be going in a different direction than maybe how they and that it's so hard i think our city gets a they they're conflicted almost of like so what is the church for and so Mm -hmm. i'll ask um like we know what guts is for what what do you think like the church big c um like what's our biggest issue that we're facing in tulsa uh around that i guess like the the contending. What what's what's the biggest thing
0: the church is facing in Tulsa that's hurting us? Sure. I mean, you know what I think and you could probably still say this. I think a year ago I would have said unity because there are a few churches that work really well together and then kind of the rest of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so and, and it felt like there just wasn't I mean, Tulsa is it's shaky ground. Like there's so much rich history here with the Tulsa race riots and with just church history in, in, in Tulsa and um, political history. I mean, it's, it really is like the roots go really deep. And so when you, it's not always easy to be on a unified front on some of those things. Um, And so I think that unity would have been a really big deal. Crazy thing is the past two years have been the craziest two years in, the history of my existence i'm 31 years old Mm. i can't remember two crazier years of my life and so uh, or at least the last 18 months and so um i do think that that some of that has kind of come out in the wash when with everything that's been going on it's like okay we've kind of clearly seen uh where churches stand and what churches are about over the past two years right Um, and i think that you clearly see the priority um, in churches. And so, and I think we, we've seen a lot of churches banding together to say, hey, we as a city have to get through this. And we right. as a church, big C as a as a community of believers have got to be able to lead our people through this. And so, man, um, I'm honored to be able to serve you know, Pastor Bill and, and be at a church where um, he's unapologetically who he is, right. and he's going to do what he's going to do unapologetically. And so um i i do feel like we were able to open the doors pretty early and we were able to to get out in front of of and, and really we saw a lot of other churches saying okay if you're gonna do it we're gonna do it right. <laughs> like let's do it you know what i mean and i love that And i love that that you know pastor Bo was able to grab a, a few pastors in town and say hey let's just not back down yeah let's just not let this put us on our heels having gotten all the stand we're gonna continue to stand you know like yeah. we're yeah. gonna keep pushing the envelope we're gonna keep moving forward and so um, I have seen that in Tulsa. So I have. I do feel like we are more unified than ever as a body of believers, as you know, multiple churches are uh, in this city, and so I've enjoyed that. And so I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what I would say because that was such a big deal. I mean, I, like you, I mean, you and I know a lot of guys in town that do what we do, and so um, I do think over the past two years. We have become much more unified. But obviously two years ago, it was not like this at all, not even
1: close. Yeah, I think, I think we've we've seen a very clear distinction of like before this, or like like maybe at the beginning of, of last year when all the things were were happening about COVID and racial tension. So well, first of all, and I want to say for people who are listening, um, Guts is an extremely diverse church.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and I'm I'm saying that by someone who's been there, by someone who um, I don't know, n- not only sees like like maybe like what's produced or like what's put out there but like we've been in it and like they're a very diverse church um and i i think they're i think guts church looks very much like heaven um and so i'm i'm appreciative of that but i think that like before maybe at the beginning of 2020 everybody was getting ready to take a side like all right we got to figure out where we stand and now i think by by some kind of grace or provision now we're like all right how do we just survive this together like how do how do we leave this as I don't know, as minimally scarred as possible. How do we keep the integrity of the church intact? How do we keep people involved and engaged? And I, I have so appreciated the response of Guts and, and Bill leading the way in that. Um, and, you know, like, hey, we've, we've been doing this for a long time. We're gonna to continue to do this until the Lord moves us in a different direction. I appreciate that. Move. Um, let me move it to students real quick. Kind of on yeah. the same track though. Um, <clears throat> what is helping and hurting the students of Tulsa or maybe greater picture, whatever, today. What, what's Let's start with what, what's uh, hurting them most. What, what do we think is hurting students most today?
0: the day? I think, without question, I think students are over-informed. Mm. <laughs> I, I think that, I think that, and, and I don't mean that as a, uh, I don't mean that in a cutting way. I don't mean that like, you know, they, they don't have the mind to be able to, here's the deal, we only get so many thoughts per day. Mm. And what we we have to determine what in what direction those thoughts go, right? Like we have the the, the word tells us we have the power to capture every thought, and make it obedient to Christ. And so I believe that students have access to more information than ever, they have access to more opinions than ever. And just like you said in Tulsa, if I disagree with what you think about marriage, I can go to another church. It students can build what they believe. On, on their device mm. and never hear anything different. Mm. And and like, and our devices are built to do that for us. So like, right. <laughs> like wow. I'm a shoe guy, I'm a sports guy. I You know, it's right. like, I and so I like to study theology. And so you get on my Instagram and you're not, you're gonna see nothing but that. I like, I'm a dad, so I like the barbecues. I got a bunch of barbecue <laughs> stuff on there. It's like, it's like when you get on my Instagram, all you're gonna see is sports, theology and meat. Mm-hmm. And you're not gonna see anything else you get on my wife's Instagram, it's a hundred percent different. You, you know, you look at my wife's phone, my wife's social media, it's a hundred percent different. Why? Because she, because everything that we like our, our world, which, you know, let's, let's refer to our phones, our world, the way that we receive information Mm. is built around us Mm. and it's become a very selfish way of life. And I think that for our students, they haven't seen anything different. That's all they know. And so all they know is all they hear. And what Mm -hmm. they hear is completely bent in the direction that they want to hear it. And so um, as as a youth director, I have to constantly be reminding my students that the word is our foundation Mm -hmm. and that we see the world through the lens of the word of God and not the other way around. Because it's so easy for our students to get that twisted. And the world is telling them it's the other way around. Right. The world is telling them your point of view is the point of view. You know, your your truth is is the the truth. Your idea is is the truth. something my pastor always says, and I'm so grateful for it, is he always says that facts are subject to change. The truth is not. And the truth is only the word of God. That's the only truth we know. Mm. And so, yes, the fact is there's racial tension going on in our city. The fact is, you know, like there's so many facts going on in this world but the truth remains and the truth doesn't change. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to cling to and base my worldview off of that truth. That's never changing. Mm. Same yesterday, and today, and forever. Cause he is his word. And so mm. I'm going to base my, my opinion off of the truth. I'm going to base, I'm going to base my mindset off of the truth. And I think that our students um, are inundated with information and inundated with opinions and, Um, I believe that we as youth directors, as pastors need to make sure that we are taking care of our students' minds. And that that sounds cliche to talk about mental health, but, um, I think that we need to make sure that we're taking care of that, that our students know that it matters what I listen to, it matters how I form my opinions. I tell my students all the time, I'm not going to allow anyone to form an opinion for me that doesn't hear from God. Mm. That's just a standard in my life. No one will ever form my opinion if they don't hear from God. I'm not going to allow a celebrity, a sports you know, yeah. uh, athlete like anyone form an opinion for me. I, I form my own opinions, and I only form those off of people off of the word of God or people that hear from God. The most influential people in my life will always be men and women that hear from God. Hmm. And that's what I want for our students as well. And I think that that is a massive, massive problem right now yeah. with, um, I mean, this generation, 30 and under. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's a huge weight, even for me, to know that like, if I don't know what to buy, Amazon will tell me what to buy. And if I don't oh, know sure. who to follow, Instagram will tell me who to follow. And if I don't know what what is trending, Twitter will tell me what's trending. And you don't know it,
0: what to watch? Netflix will tell you what to watch. I mean, it's I mean, everywhere. It's every that,
1: pl- that, that could actually be a blessing though. Netflix sure. forever. Like, I don't know what to watch. Please, I've been scrolling for 40 minutes. Please pick. <laughs> like My wife's <laughs> not going to choose. I need you to choose. Netflix. Exactly. But, but really, like, it's it's like, oh, you you don't know how to think? Let us think for you. And it's yeah. like, no, like, like the Lord has given you desires and intentions. He's, he's put eternity in your heart, like search it out a bit, like, and I don't know. So, so then, so the flip side of that would be then what is helping students most today or what can students do to be helped most today? Again, we're people of the book. So besides uh, my answer, our answer, get in the word. percent. Number two, what, what would help or what is helping students most today?
0: Yeah, well, Obviously the like you said, getting the words the first thing. Like we are our students need to know what that truth is, need to know what their foundation is. But with that, that's only more knowledge. And knowledge doesn't make you more powerful. Transformation does. <laughs> mm. Our students need to be Ooh, able to use the knowledge that they have. Ooh. Like our students need to really like what they're listening to and the opinions they're hearing aren't causing transformation in their heart. It's causing anxiety. It's causing an oppression on them and, and, and depression. Like they're they're not be, they can't sleep at night because they're trying to keep up and they're trying to fit and fit follow the trends and figure out all of these things. And, and they there is a pressure on our students to have their life figured out because so many kids their age do. If you look at the the you know trending people their age yeah. and so they're able to look at this massive picture highlight of like well that kid's 15 and he's making millions of dollars and he has life figured out and he knows what he wants to do that means i have to have that and it's like yeah. man slow down yeah. slow down i think that our students need to learn how to slow down and i think that um teaching that day in and day out with our students and you know being able to, t- to show them the real transformational power, of the word of God. And it's like, man, this matters. This makes a difference in your life. Yeah. Try it. Give me a week. <laughs> give me a week. Yeah, give me wake a week. Th- the first thing you do is read the word. And the last thing you do is read the word. And then you put your phone down for 20 minutes and you, and you, you know what I mean? Like you, you just kind of escaped that, that side of reality for a bit before you go to sleep. I mean, like hmm. those things where God is the first thing I do and the last thing I do. That's something I encourage our students to do where it's like, man, I'm going to continually have that on my mind. So when I go to bed, there's no anxious thought that's Mm. going to keep me awake I think that that's a really big deal our students need to learn habits to be able to to put habits in place that will allow them to to not allow the world to pick them apart because Mm. the the world is picking people off yeah and there, you know there's there's three parts to to and I I get a little bit deep here but there's three parts to our salvation. It's one of my favorite things to teach about is, is salvation. And it's like, yes, we are sanctified by what Jesus did, but, or I'm sorry, we're justified by what Jesus did, but we also need to be sanctified. And mm-hmm. Jesus gets us into the kingdom of God, but the sanctifying part gets the world off of us. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the word had that time in their life if you look at the israelites they came out of egypt boom they were justified like they were out they were sons yeah but they spent this time getting egypt off of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. right like they had to get egypt off of them before they could really walk in what god wanted them to do Mm -hmm. and and it's hard for our students to get to that place Mm -hmm. of doing what god has called them to do when there's so much of the world trying to cling to their lives. And and it's not like that's different for this generation than it ever was for any generation. It's just so easy to access right now. Mm. And so I think that one of the most important things for me as a, as you know, trying to help lead this next generation and me as a, as a teacher and and a, and a youth director, like I need to make sure that I am communicating that, that, the transformation is what's going to make the difference and that's what separates us from the information that you're getting from the world because to them it all sounds like opinions right right it's like yeah that's yeah like second corinthians 10 5 is your opinion and it's like no no, no that's not how it works no this is you anointed know. there's a, so right. so
1: two two things of this real quick you said um this is something that's been kind of stirring, stirring in me. You said, you know, we, we need to show them. We need to, we need to live this example of like that, that, that there's something better than whatever they think they, that, that they have for themselves. Now I, I tell the story of like, there's this 14 year old kid who was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like my girlfriend's going to leave me. I love, I'm like, bro, you're 14. Like, chill out. Like you're <laughs> break over just, 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 break yeah, up. just, yeah, just, just, just be done, man. Like, and then, and then the Lord will, I don't know, whatever. But I, and this is something that's been convicting to me that I need to continue to work on uh, for like like leaders and adults or like, I don't know, students, younger people always see an older person who maybe they are currently where they think they would like to be in the future and they they cling to that, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think to your point, the issue has been they're seeing people who are where they are now, like they're seeing a 15-year-old making millions instead of like yes. a 30-year-old making millions or like, oh, I want to do it now instead of understanding mm-hmm. like, no, there's a 15-year gap before you can, Right. Um, but you still have a sphere of influence. But I think, you know, you and I, and, and, and just leaders in general, like living a compelling alternative saying like, Hey, um, monogamy is better than what it, what it, polygamy, like yeah. being, being a husband to one wife or a wife to one husband is better than being with anybody and everybody else. Like I don't know, go, going, you know, being committed to, to one church or being committed to one book or being committed to one people like that's better than tasting all these different things like and, and find So us living a compelling alternative and letting them know, like the weight of wandering around is much heavier than the weight of being committed to this one place. There's there's different challenges in both. But our life is to be a compelling alternative that like this commitment is where the transformation comes. Like I don't get fit after going to the gym for a day. Yeah. I get fit after going to the gym for a year or a decade. And then the second thing you said is like slowing down, which I think is so powerful. If there's one characteristic that I think Jesus modeled uh, super well that fit both the heavenly and the earthly context of his existence, it was the the practice of like going slow. He's yeah. never like heaven is not in a hurry to get you there. And like we aren't in a, in a hurry to go there. <laughs> Like the Lord has given you tasks and assignments to do here. And while we long and look for glory uh, in in heaven, like we have things to do here. And while heaven longs for us to be there, they understand like there's an assignment for us here and like just slowing down. um, Like I told you this morning, like we're watching the, the senior PGA thing. And it's like just being able to enjoy like green grass, a cool skyline and a little bit of heat. Um, like just just, a lot of humidity a lot of humidity like my like too much humidity for me too much but just slow down enjoy the conversation drink the coffee slower drive the speed limit turn your phone off in the mornings like what you know we tell our students all the time like bible before phone all the time but like even that's not enough because like there, there are so many things fighting for your attention. So that, so the compelling alternative is slow and that's great, but that leads me to, to maybe, I have two more questions for you then we'll do face. Yep. How do you lead your leaders? So you you have a large student ministry um, and obviously with a large student ministry comes a large leadership group. How do you lead yep. your leaders? This could be for for all the student pastors who are listening from Arizona to Massachusetts. We need help leading our leaders.
0: How do we do it? Yeah, so uh, this is something I was really, really bad at, <laughs> and this is something that I've grown in. Mm. Uh, when my wife and I came in to the, the uh, to GYC, we had 18 leaders, and we were 27 years old, and I think two of our leaders were younger than us. Mm. Um, we got down to maybe 12 or 13 leaders at one point. Uh, And over the years, now we have about 40 people on our team, and two of them are older than us. And they are both people that have just been kind of ride or die with me (laughs) since we came in. And so they were guys that were like, hey, I'm here for you. Whenever you think I'm too old and I've aged out. Send me out and they're and they're not much younger than me, or not much older than me, sorry. You know, um, yeah. and so we we have built this this awesome group of young people that are hungry and that love our students and and uh and I and I never asked anyone to leave. I mean, it unless there was like a moral failure. I never asked any, I never told anyone they aged out. It just kind of happened as we started to lead this next generation that as we started to lead our leaders, that people that were older were like, man. I love seeing this new influx. I think it's my time. I've been in here, you know, five, 10, 12 years. Damn. I think it's my time to let this new wine come in and transform this thing. So um, it's a blessing. The, yeah. So the the way that I, I don't know if you avail resources, but um, just a few months ago, I created a culture book for GYC. And it's something that I said all the time. It's something that I maybe had some of it in writing, um, but that is that is the way that I lead my student ministries. as I, as I was able to put it down on paper. And, and like I said, it wasn't a surprise to any of my leaders once they saw it, but for me, like I need it written. I need to see it. I'm a visual person. And so, right. so literally the, the way that we lead our adult leaders is we touch base with them before service. Um, so on, on a very, um, You know, practical level. Uh, I touch base with my leaders before service and I actually have two adult leaders that have been with me for a long time that lead our adult leaders, if that makes sense. Like they are Mm -hmm. over that team. And so I meet with them. I will also touch base with our leaders real quick and then they will kind of delegate those leaders out. Hey, here's what's going on tonight. This is where I need you to be stationed um you know this is what we're talking about let's make you know this kid's going through this let's make sure we cover them let's go grab those if you see new kids let's grab them whatever those two that i have one girl one guy they kind of oversee all of the other leaders so that there's a point of contact for every single leader so Mm. we meet real quick before service we'll have our service then we break up into huddles after our main service on wednesday so that's like small groups for us we break up by gender and by grade so we have dudes 9 10 11 12 same with the girls Um, And those leaders are assigned to a huddle. So the way that I macro manage growth in my student ministry is to micromanage it through huddles. Mm. Like if Josh, if you are my sophomore huddle captain for my guys, I've got those leader captains checking in with you after service. Hey, how was your huddle? Hey, how many did you have? You had ten. How do we get fifteen there next week? Who were you missing this week? Can you text them? Anybody going through anything that we need to know about? Great, man. Be in your students' lives. Make sure you know. And so every week we're checking in on those huddles. Hey, how's that going? How many how many freshman groups do we have? Great. Can we double that? Hey, how do we grow? How do we get them to bring their friends? And so we create this healthy growth pattern where we can really measure it and also that measures my leader's growth as well because they're fired up about about leading that huddle Mm. and I've got a 19 year old or 20 year old kid that's leading these these freshmen that are like man I want to grow this group you know and all of a sudden he starts to take spiritual responsibility for these kids and he's praying for them by name and he's Mm -hmm. texting them and he's you know it kind of breaks it down in a smaller level where he gets to lead these students and then if there's anything going on that I know about I come in and As the leader, I swerve in and handle it. You know what I mean? But it allows those leaders to really have their hand. And and we started this, I mean, we've done this through COVID. We've done this through all of the things. And so we've done this on a very, very small level. uh, And we've done this on a large level. And so this works whether you have 22 kids in the building or 220 kids in the building, it doesn't matter. Hmm. You can do this on every level where those leaders are able to lead those students, take spiritual responsibility for those students, one of my core values as a leader is that students are there because you are there. If Mm. you're a leader, I want you to reproduce. And I want students showing up being like, Hey, where was Josh? Like, is he not here this week? (laughs) Like I want them hungry for that leader. And so that's one of the ways that I kind of oversee them as a whole. And then we meet more than quarterly, I would say every, every other month um, to every three, you know, three months we meet, and usually, I, I, we love to host them in our house. Yeah. Sometimes we'll host them. We have two services on Sunday morning, so I'll host them the first service, and then we'll go serve at the second service. But that's that's a time for me to be able to deepen the culture, to communicate the vision, communicate where we're headed, what our plan is for the for the upcoming months. Um, but really, what what I've always been bad at, and what I'm getting better at right now, is is delegating the ministry opportunity for our leaders and of course we always have this opportunity in services but right. but what I, I want every bit of GYC to feel like our leaders, and I, and because we've built an amazing team, they know the culture, they know the vision, and so now I'm beginning to build teams within that. Where that's what that culture book is. It's every team. It's an adult leadership team, a student leadership team, a student outreach team, mm. the tech team, the building man. Because like I'm the guy. Like I've got one intern, and it's it's me, and so I've got to make sure that I'm building this. We at guts church, we operate on a very small staff and, mm. and I, you know, we were very volunteer run. I mean, when we did the nightmare, that's 400 volunteers a night that were coming out and just serving their time from 4.00 PM to 3.00 AM. I mean, it was like, that's just kind of the culture of the church. And so I'm building that into our adult leaders where it's like, Hey, this is your thing. Allow this to be your thing. And I'm giving them different parts of that ministry where it's like, Hey, you guys plan the services you guys oversee the, the tech part of it. If you want to make some awesome video, you want to do yeah. pyrotechnics and try to burn the building down, y'all do whatever you want. Like I'm giving this to you. And then through that, that allows, we have a student leadership team as well. And that allows them to plug in with those leaders and be a part of those teams and have a say in all Very of cool. that as well.
1: So yeah, we, we have student leadership team. We've we've we formed it. And now some of our seniors who were on it have obviously graduated off. So we're going to be refilling it and forming it. We have yeah. roles for them. But I want to... Uh, like try to summarize this real quick and you can tell me if i'm wrong so a there's a culture book is that in a yeah. pdf format is it free 100
0: and i will make it available to you
1: okay so yeah. so we're going to sure. create a google link or something like that and we will put it in yep. the show along with gyc's instagram and dustin's instagram and we'll make that available um to the people who are listening but so for your leaders i i'm you saw me writing i'm writing notes um there are three things that i i think we could maybe put this down into, and obviously go deeper in the culture book. So A, you macro manage by micromanage. B, you touch base and you meet regularly. And then three, you have leaders of leaders. Mm -hmm. Is that a a fair three point, very summarized version of of how you guys do that? For sure. Obviously I put more things here, like you gotta trust your leaders. You gotta be hungry for leaders. Your leaders have to be hungry for the people they're leading, be it students or other leaders or whatever. But um, and then I, I did to a fourth one, maybe this week get two, that you guys huddle after service, that you guys meet up after service maybe, and you guys see, hey, what was a win tonight or whatever. Maybe you guys do that once a month or every week or whatever. Um, yeah, so you those huddles that would be good.
0: Those huddle captains touch base with those, the leader leaders, if sure. you will, the that the, my, my, my core that oversee the leadership team, they touch base with them about their huddles. Yeah. So, so mm. we do that weekly. And that's, so, that's every so weekly. People. Yeah. That's so, kind of that second touch base of like, Hey, how'd your huddle go? Great. Let's make sure it's still growing. You need anything from me. Perfect you know, love you, whatever. But, um, man, I don't, I don't meet a young person in our church and not ask them to be a USC leader. I'm I'm constantly trying to build this team, you know, and, and, and we're trying to have the most fun of any team, uh, at the church. We're trying to do the most ministry of of any team at the church. And, Mm. and, uh, so I want to make sure that my people stay hungry and I want to make sure that they really believe that we can change the world. You know, what it's, you can, I know nobody can see my video, Josh, you can, but it's written (sighs) on the can change the world from here and so I uh and I truly believe that I believe we can change the world from right here and so I want my leadership to believe that as well
1: well and I I think you know maybe the misconception is that like it takes a large budget to do this like you're at a larger church or whatever but honestly like you said like you guys don't operate on a large budget at all um which I think is crazy like they're I don't know like I don't know I I always think that that's I guess efficiency would be the name of the game. Like you guys are certainly empowering people um, to step into lay leadership and say like, Hey, this is your church. Just as much as it is my church. How can we do this together? And, and I love that. I have one more. I, I have like three more, but it's going to, we have short time. Um, and well, yeah, so we'll, we'll do this for a new phase. Personally. Dustin, how can we, whoever listens to this, uh, besides dropping your Cash App in, uh, which we don't do, how how can we how can we support you?
0: Man, I'm I am big on prayer. Hmm. I'm a big prayer guy. I I believe that our our student ministry, our college ministry, our church was built and will be sustained through prayer, Hmm. and uh, I believe that about our lives. Um, I, I had a mentor encourage me a long time ago to spend the first hour of my day in prayer and and uh so man when i get up I've, I've i pray in a place with a purpose and a plan and that that is how i've built my life that's how I've, i mean that's how i lead my family that's how i lead my wife that's how i lead my ministry and so uh man let's just continue to pray for one another let's continue to lift each other up um and and from my perspective in the church man one wins we all win yep. and so it's funny. My pastor, obviously being very, uh, being a competitive mindset here, at Guts, We always say we want everybody to win. We just want to beat them. So right, right, right. <laughs> of course I want you to win. Of course I want to beat you. It's who I am. I'm competitive. Like we yeah. should, we should be able to have healthy competition, but I also want to make sure that I'm covering those guys in prayer. And I want to be a person where when I tell you, I'm going to pray for you. I mean it yeah. and I'm going to do it. I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to pray for you by name. And I'm going to believe, and I'm going to hear from God for you. So, um, and and man, I, I want to do that for every person that's that I consider a, a dear friend. And so, uh, man, lift up the ministry. Lift up, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in youth ministry, you know how hard youth ministry is. Yeah. If you're in this and you are in youth, um, like you are a teenager and you're in that stage of life um man you you know what it's like to be in your stage of life and so man pray for our students pray for me as a leader that i can lead them well and lead our leaders well and, and for this ministry because i believe uh, once again that's what our ministry is built on and that's what's going to be sustained through and that's what's going to keep us healthy and growing
1: i love it if somebody wanted to um send you a, a gift to guts church what what should that box include candy steaks what what, what, should, what should that box include? Because all you guys got to do is Google Guts Church, and it's going to give you the address. Just and you know it. yeah. Just put Dustin's name on it. So what what can they send you? Is it books or I don't know an Anchorman DVD just to <laughs> just just to help here's, you?
0: Here's the here's the bad thing. I'm like a jack of all trades, master of none. I love it all. I love movies. I love sports. I love here. I'm a big Cardinals fan. You can mm. see I don't know if you can see the bobbleheads behind me in my office, but I've got a whole. Whole yeah. table of bobbleheads. It's all Allen Iverson and and, and St. Louis Cardinals. So, right, uh, man, anything Cardinals. Um, uh, peanut M is my favorite snack. It's terrible, but it is my favorite snack. Peanut uh, or peanut butter. I I get that d- peanut. I, it's Ew. weird because I don't eat peanuts outside unless they're wrapped in chocolate and a candy shell. So that's about, about the only way I eat them. But okay. yeah, I know it's weird. But it's my road trip snack. It's sure. my my binge snack. Um, but man, yeah. I, I I love books. Obviously, I love to I love yeah. to learn. I love to grow, and so any of that.
1: Very good. Yeah, yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, like, what What if we just want to send you something? What What should we send you? I was like, send me books. So, yeah. which is like the, yeah. the dumbest thing, but like, send me like send me poetry. <laughs> send me send me send me Steinbeck. Send me poetry. Send, send me something. Hey, so, up, something's gonna books. make me think.
0: Speaking of books, we were talking about uh, slowing down. John Mark Homer has one of the best books. Yeah. I don't know if you've read it on yeah. on on slowing down ever. Yeah. Um, and so man, look him up. He's, he's talking star. about
1: Ruthless Elimination of Harry.
0: Ruthless Elimination of yeah, Harry. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's an amazing book. Uh, there's a, there's a reading plan that I've done with some of our students on yeah. the Bible app that you can kind of read through and just get an overview of the book. I think it's like five days. It's super short. It's an easy read. He's an unbelievable author. Um, he's got an awesome church, uh, up in Portland. And so, uh, yeah, man, he's
1: passing it on now. He is. He uh, is. Yeah.
0: It first off. That's right. Because yeah. he's going is... to build a discipleship program, which is so humble, so amazing. Yeah. He's a, he's a great dude. So, uh, if you have an issue with slowing down, calming your mind down, you know, if you're anxious, man, read that book. It's so good.
1: Yeah. I'll um. I I agree with you. I've I've read that book. Um. And I've done the study, the guide, or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I'll put a link to to that. Uh. In the sh- in the show notes as well, or in the description. Um, where you guys can get that book online on Amazon, or like you said, if you don't know what to buy Amazon, I'll tell you. So now we're telling you what to buy. So Amazon, yeah. to tell you. <laughs> um, all right. So we always end these with faves. Um, so again, if you want to support Dustin, pray for him, send the peanut M&Ms, um, <laughs> but we, we do faves. I have a few here. Um, and so the way it's going to work is I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say a phrase or something like that. And you got, you know, just a few seconds to tell me your favorite thing. Um, if I'm kind of like, Oh, flush it out, then I'll, you know, right. So we'll start with, with maybe a, maybe this is hard. I hope it's easy. Um, What is your favorite shoe?
0: Favorite shoe? Jordan's hands down. Which one? Oh gosh. Now that's, that's that's what
1: I'm saying. Like the shoe, not the brand.
0: It's it's always been the 11, but (laughs) here recently, the low ones, I, I can't beat the low ones. Yeah,
1: I'm okay. I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not actually a shoe guy for anybody listening. Um, I buy like not those, but if I were to buy, um, like the Jordan, the Jordan uh, One Lows, and what's the one? They've got like almost like little fangs on them, like on the front or whatever. They have like like the straight tongue across, and they're all they're usually like one cut. Anyways, whatever those are, Michael, if you're cut. listening, you can send me those. You'll know. <laughs> um, I don't actually think he listens. But um, don't have that much influence in that world. But, okay, so the Jordan Lowe ones, again, if you want to support and love Dustin Well, send him a pair. Uh, (laughs) Go go ahead and make the bottoms red, since he's a Cardinals fan, unfortunately. Yes, he's size 11. I've got
0: the red ones, and I love them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: yeah. Very cool. So what is um, your favorite place for a date night in Tulsa? Man,
0: that's tough. Uh, Broad answer sushi. Oh, yeah. If sushi's
1: involved, we are there. Percent, 100% uh sushi, sushi and no snack? kids is a date no
0: matter where it is so 100
1: <laughs> from whole foods if there's no kids it's a gift um, hundred uh, percent yeah so you like in the raw or you like um yeah food? yeah we,
0: we like in the raw uh we went to sushi hana the other night that was great sushi oh, yeah. hana was great yeah um but yeah any any type of sushi and just one-on-one time with my wife is a gift so Very that's cool. that's our day spot
1: speaking of your wife i've met her and she is probably one of the sweetest people i've ever met in my life so sweet so, she's awesome no, because I
0: understand how that happened. she when we met she had just gotten done she had just finished her miss missouri tour and i was 240 pounds i'm one i'm 180 now big different dusting different dusting i don't know how it happened but it was the lord and I found wow. favor.
1: Yeah. I was about to say, it's called favor. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> we, both of us absolutely outkicked our kids. Yes. But since I know that she loves you and supports you so well, and that she will listen to this in full. Oh hi Heather,
0: by the way, what is
1: your favorite thing about Heather? Oh my
0: gosh. Can you can
1: only pick she one
0: challenges me, man. That is my favorite thing. And that she sounds so crazy. She challenges the crap out of me. That's, that's why I'm 60 pounds lighter than I used to be or 70 pounds lighter, whatever. Like, She, and and trust me, I I used to joke about how she put me on rations and people started to question like our marriage. And so it was a joke, but people didn't get it. Um, No, my, my wife is always pushing me to be a better version of myself and it's never critical. Um, It's always encouraging. And so she sees more in me than I see in myself. And I mean, it's like, she just, the way she encourages me in my ministry as a dad, as a husband, um, man, I couldn't ask for anything, anything great. I mean, she's beautiful. She's so far out of my league. It's, it's unbelievable, but every youth pastor has to say that, right? Like that's so cliche. Okay. And so yes, that is true. But what I love most about her is that, um, she is fearless faith-filled and she challenges me and she pushes us to be greater every single day as a couple, as a ministry, as parents, every bit of it.
1: Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, his wife is former Miss Missouri. Um, mm-hmm no doubt and, and just just the sweetest i mean so anyway she's you're you're blessed and, and and i love heather and she's she's so awesome she
0: actually you don't know that she just became my boss so she so she and her team now oversee all student ministry at Gus. they oversee high school junior high kids all the way down to our babies and then she also oversees the preschool here so she has her hands full of ministry i've got my hands full of ministry it's amazing
1: so she's your boss
0: I mean, kind of. To to be honest, and and this speaks to her as a wife, when she was offered the position, she said, I will not take this position if it means that I have to make a decision against my husband. Like I'm going to allow him to lead his ministry the way he wants to lead it. And so, Mm -hmm. and, and they said, I guess they trust me because they were like, "Yeah, that's great." And so Heather um,
1: Miller with the heavy-handed discernment. Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh!
1: Because well, but also like, and we know this too. It's 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 fine if if she's the boss at home. It'd be kind of hard if if one person is boss, boss in both places. That's gotta be hard,
0: it man sucks. or wife. That's
1: that's <laughs> tough. no. She's she's anointed, very lovely. Love her. Um, what is your favorite movie or show? Only pick one.
0: Gosh oh man this is a loaded question like i said my background's in film so i i could talk about this for a year um favorite movie or show uh shoot friday night lights was phenomenal i really enjoyed that show the show the show not the movie the movie was not great movie miles did not impress me but the show was very good um, I, I enjoyed it. It was like it's super, and maybe I said it because we just finished it. It was definitely super CW, mm-hmm. uh, which if you know what that means, you know yeah. what that means. Right. Um, but I want to make sure that I keep my suggestions pure. Um, I I don't watch anything with nudity ever in any way, shape, or form. So that's let me put that out there first of all. Uh, and when I'm talking about TV shows, um, but I don't mind the the blood and guts. So some stuff gets a little a little shady. So um, I was on the
1: whole no nudity thing. Until Game of Thrones came out, and I tried to watch the first episode, I was like, "I can't do it, can't do it, can't do it." Yeah. Like two years later, someone was like, "Dude, you got to watch the show. It's the best show ever." And so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna try it." I put the little uh, like I just fast forward through some of it. Sure. And then we finished it, and I'm watching it again. It's legitimately one of the greatest okay. shows. I've okay. Okay. So I've
0: never seen it. I'm not. I've heard I'm not telling, the first episode, and so I never, yes, I never dove
1: in. The first season or two is awful, but like they have to draw you in somehow. I guess sure. so that's not that's not my thing, so I don't really struggle with that. It's a blessing, but sure. Dude, the story is is just nuts. Now, the last season was awful, but I love the narrative. And so this is not me telling anyone here to watch Game of Thrones. But like <laughs> that show, I mean, if we're going to be super CW, The Office is where it's at. Like it has to oh, be. Oh, the, the
0: Office is my, is my favorite show of all time.
1: Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, but anyways, Game of Thrones, I've, I'm, I'm like that too. Like, I don't want to watch it if it's got, you know, I check like the IMDB parent guy. Oh, and all everything, stuff. yeah. Um, yeah.
0: All right. So, we'll, so quick answer. The Office and Parks and Rec are my favorite TV shows ever. Yes, Parks and Rec. Right? Lately, I just, I just watched Friday Night Lights I love sports. It was great. Um, I believe there's no greater movie on the planet than Remember the Titans. Greatest sports movie of all time, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all sports movies, but it's my favorite. And then Inception really? has a place in my heart. Rudy's great, but that, I mean, I mean, he was offsides, but that's a
1: fantastic he was off sides. movie. He was. Like, they didn't throw it's a flat, tough. but like, holy cow, that movie's off. It's
0: awesome. tough. And Rudy's great. Rudy's great. And I'm a big fan of basketball movies as well. So, but uh, Inception yeah, is probably great. my favorite movie just because of the depth of the story. And I, yeah. and I love stories. So, uh, like great. I said, I could go on with this forever and I can name a bunch of really weird indie movies. But um, if I'm suggesting anything, that's, that's, those are my faves.
1: Yeah. Worst movie you've ever watched. This is not favorite. This is worst. Worst movie I've ever watched.
0: Worst movie I've ever watched. Man, I'm not like a big chick flick guy. So probably some chick flick somewhere. Um, I don't know if our students even care, but. I, I thought the Twilight movies were terrible
1: really? and I,
0: I can't get behind a man, I can't get behind a shiny vampire like I just can't do it and I'm not um, going to say it's the worst of the world because it's definitely not yeah. offhand I can't say like that is the worst one I've ever watched but that series was really bad um, hmm. gosh I don't gosh. know, I, I, I've got nothing on worst really? I try to do my research before I watch a movie so right yeah
1: like Google's there for a reason You yeah. don't let it utilize you i'm a fan yeah i didn't like what's that downsizing movie where like they got short like like they paid all their money and they shrunk and like they i think it's literally called
0: downsizing i never watched
1: that movie was horrible and then the one with um oh what is it the secret life of smitty or whatever with um walter mitty well yeah like what the heck anyways um that wasn't a part of the segment any movie
0: adam sandler made after billy madison or happy gilmore terrible right right brutal that's true that's true
1: no, I don't, well, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. was kind of heartwarming, but yes, I I disagreed with the overall premise of the movie. But I, sure, I mean, but insurance is is expensive if you got to get it. Sure, um, okay. You, you, you. So here, is, there's two more. What is your favorite passage to preach, or like mm-hmm. idea, theme, whatever?
0: Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> getting like real. Theological, soteriology is my favorite. My favorite thing to preach. I love to preach on the doctrine of salvation. Like the the, uh, and, I, and I've taught this recently, so it's fresh in my mind. But the word "savior" is used in the Bible thirty six times. Hmm. The word "Lord" is used over seven thousand times. The Western church loves to preach Jesus as our Savior. We don't love to preach Jesus as our Lord. Ooh. And so I do. I I love it. I love to teach that, that idea of surrendering our lives to him and embracing what a life run after Jesus looks like, and not just using Jesus as like a one time I prayed, I'm good. He's my savior. I'm going to heaven. That's not it for me. And so I love to teach on that. And, and Josh, I think you and I are alike in this, Man, I love to, I love to tread deep waters mm-hmm. with our students. Like I believe students are hungry and I believe that over time students can, students can absolutely go deep and I love to go there. And so if, um, you know, the Bible talks, the Bible talks a lot about wells and the, the, the word of God is a well. Sometimes you go deep to get what mm-hmm. you need. And so something I teach our students all the time is, is the treasures of God aren't found because you dig deep but they're found because you dig daily. But wow. when I say that it's found because you dig deep every, right. every day, In every day you're doing this, you know? And so, um, that's what I say to get our students encouraged to go daily, um, but then I want to encourage them to go deeper. And so if I love to preach on two things, I love to preach on the idea of what this life of God looks like, what the kingdom of God really means in our life. And when Jesus said kingdom, what did he mean by that? Um, and I love to teach. I love to go deep and, and, and show students um, how intricate our God is and how purposeful our God is. And with every word that he said and everything that he did. And there's so much life in the word of God that I think it's missed out on whenever we um, and listen, I love stories. I love to be funny. I use comedy. I use stories. I use metaphors. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm a student of, of teaching. And so I, I love it. But I'm um, also if I'm teaching about anything man, I want to I want to dig some stuff up, you know? Yeah,
1: I like that. Yeah. Don't don't skip Leviticus. That's what I tell them.
0: Come on. Come don't on. Skip hey,
1: Leviticus. Don't listen, skip
0: the, <laughs> the tabernacle is the most talked about thing in the word of God. 60 chapters of the word i mean it's it's how god builds a man it's how god built this church you're the church now so our our god is a god of process man there's purpose in it so yeah yeah read leviticus and and do some research and read a book on it and figure out what it means because it's purposeful
1: yeah my dad says um it takes intentionality to be so intricate that's good that's good i I've always kind of so I wrote that down. The dig deep daily. I like that. All right, last one. This isn't really a fave. This is just maybe something that, that you can do to encourage other people. Um, who are some people that you would shout out right now who are doing a great job in Tulsa or abroad, whatever?
0: Oh man. Well, obviously, I'm I'm honored to do anything with you, Josh. Like just your heart, and and again, like I said, I know that you go deep. Um, I love that you're, you know, and. When, when you reference social media, that's kind of, That's one of the ways we stay in touch, we text each other, we call each other, we do this, but we Man. run together. But uh, <laughs> when I look at your social media, you're an open book and, and you allow for questions and you allow for students to have access to you and to your mind and to your knowledge. And, and uh, you're not afraid to answer hard things. One of my favorite things to do as a leader is to, is to do Q&A. And so I love that about you and your ministry. So obviously, shout out to you and, and for having me on here. Thank you. Um, man, there are, there are so many student ministries and ministries doing a phenomenal job here. Sam Grosso was in town. He was the leader over at Victory, built an amazing youth church at Victory yeah. Church. Um, handed it over to to two guys that are doing a phenomenal job, yeah. Antonio and Josh. They're they're killing it, and they're great guys, and have a great heart for ministry. They have a heart for their students. Um, they're doing great things, and Sam now planted a church, uh, um, in Minnesota, and him and his wife are killing it up there. And, and he's a good friend, and so, um, uh, man, proud of them. Yeah. Uh, but gosh, I, I and I have I have like you have dear friends in ministry all around uh, America and, and throughout the world. And I just, I love that idea. I love being in ministry and being a fan of my, of my guys in yeah. ministry. You know what I mean? Like, like, I love being the community that we build because sometimes ministry can be lonely. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that I surround myself with people that love refresh and encourage me and dudes in ministry do that. And so, Yeah.
1: You are uh, certainly a champion for the church champion for me. I appreciate you champion for students. And uh, I think that our city is better. I know that our city is better for having you and Heather and uh, the kids here and for having guts. And so um, thanks so much for taking some time with me. Uh, like I said, I will put um, I'll put Dustin's Instagram uh, in the show notes and Guts Youth Church um, and so that you guys can reach out to him and encourage him Um even if, if you are not a part of our ministries, reach out to your student pastors, reach out to your pastors, reach out to your leaders, just tell them thank you, um, because yeah. you would not be where you are today without some of them. Even if that leader is a teacher, if that leader is a parent, <laughs> like just, just say thanks. Yes. Um, I mean, just, just thank, thank the people who have uh, contributed to you. And um, Dustin, there, there is a lot of people um, that are grateful for you, and they might not say it. So if they don't say it, I want to say it um, and let, let honor be the foundation of this whole thing that we do. So, man, we love you. Uh, we thank you. And if we can ever do anything more for you, uh, you know, uh, who to call, but I'm going to put all this stuff in the, in the show notes so that they can reach out and just say, man, you know, you're killing it. And, and, and we know you are, but Dustin, thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. We appreciate you. Um, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.